Are you recording now? Recording. <laughs> this is gonna sound weird. Things are about to get weird. Just get to the murder. Good morning. Good morning. Or afternoon. Yeah, it's actually afternoon. But it's not nighttime, which is when we usually record. Yes, this is a very rare day where both Taylor and I have the day off and we can speak to each other in the sober light of day. I am in a nightgown from Walmart and I've been in it uh, ever since about 10 o'clock last night. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. I'm wearing, you know, just a huge t-shirt and some shorts. uh, And I'd like to apologize if my voice is more annoying than it already is. You know, if you're a frequent listener and you're like, well, this girl's voice is already annoying, but this week, particularly more annoying, it is because I am a little under the weather. The doctor has me taking an ungodly amount of antibiotics. So, you know, hopefully this time next week, I'll, uh, I don't know, sound different. Probably not better, but different at least. Uh, Speaking of voices, last week I got a compliment, um, I think it's a compliment, about my voice. So, you know, I had mm-hmm. to do my first, like, oral argument at school the other day. Uh, I'm, I usually think I'm pretty good at public speaking, but, you know, I do have this accent or whatever. Well, after I finished, my professor, my teaching scholar, just could not say enough about my incredible enunciation and eloquent speech. They even told me I could be on NPR or that I sounded like a specific person on NPR. I'm not really, I don't listen to NPR, but anyways, if anybody's listening to this podcast and they're like, Taylor, you mumble, you sound like um, a country hick. I just want y'all to know that a professor of law who is a doctor, not a medical doctor, but a doctor, uh, has told me that I, Taylor Moore, am a good speaker. So booyah. Thank you. Suck it. Uh, well, you should you should have told him. Actually, it's interesting that you think I sound like someone on NPR because I host a weekly podcast. And then just see see how that goes Mm-mm. for you. I couldn't. I couldn't. I don't want them. I don't want them to know. I like to keep my private life private. <laughs> <laughs> That's why her Instagram's private. Mm-hmm. It is private. Can't follow. I've her. made it public before, and then I just get a whole bunch of creeps. Also, I keep it private because I do not need my employers looking at it. Not there's anything bad on there because my mom follows me and my grandma i just like i just like to keep it separate i don't need my co-worker being like hey what'd you do this weekend oh i already know because i saw it on your instagram also because i work with you know not people my own age i work with like old people um my boss recently like one day told me that one of her favorite activities to do is to go through venmo and see how people caption their like transactions and um if she's doing that lord knows she's already stalked me on instagram thankfully all of my pictures on instagram is just me on vacation but uh if you send me any money please be aware that my boss is watching so my venmo you know choose your captions carefully my venmo is also private because one day somebody tried to slide into my venmo dms and request money and i did not know them and it was for some explicit it was an explicit caption, so I was like, well, it's time to go private. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I recently I recently got one because um, me and my roommate Venmo each week or each month for, like, water bill and electricity. And somebody, cap like, commented on one of ours for, wa- like, the 
electricity bill or something, commented, looking for a sugar baby. Like, <laughs> DM me for some money. And I was like, no. <laughs> See, you can't trust these people out here on Venmo. Oh, uh, but this is not a podcast about Venmo. This is a podcast uh, called This Is Gonna Sound Weird. And I'm Taylor, as I've just said a few minutes ago. And, I, and I'm Sydney, and each week we tackle a different topic about all things true crime, paranormal, and everything in between. This week's theme is... Haunted bars or boozy ghosts. bars. There's a, there's a ghost in the bar. Boozy ghost. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, spirits, drinking spirits. Write that okay. down. You get to come up with the uh, episode title this week, so you have you have some time. <laughs> I've got at least 24 hours to do my editing and think of a catchy topic uh, title for this episode. Um, I very well may just put, I'm gonna have some ghosts in this club or something. All right, I'll be waiting. I'm gonna have to think. I'm gonna have to work. I'm gonna have to workshop it. Probably gonna be pretty anticlimactic. So, prepare yourself. Also, since this is partially a true crime podcast, I feel like we probably should mention it, even though I don't have much to mention. Today it is October sixth, twenty twenty one, and apparently they have maybe potentially figured out who the Zodiac killer is? Question mark. Um. I'm not quite sure how it all has panned out, or if it's true, because I saw it on TMZ, but it also says I've seen it on other sources, so just to let y'all know, to look it up if you haven't already. Yeah, and I feel like it's going to be something that they have to, they're going to have to develop the story a bit Mm -hmm. more. You know, they're probably like, we really think that this person is it due to, like, whatever probable cause, however, they probably don't have any, like dna evidence yet or anything conclusive and also the person that they think it is i'm pretty sure he passed away in 2018 so i don't know how it's gonna go dig his ass up (laughs) yes but i feel like we would be remiss to not mention it because i don't want i don't want people to think we're dumb which i guess we could have just not talked about it and then but you know people don't know when we were recording but sydney did say she had a very short time to edit. So, you true crime sleuths could have figured out when we recorded this podcast. <laughs> you could sneak into our servers. God. God, don't do it. Please don't hack our anchor account. Please. We don't remember the password. Please don't. <laughs> but anyways. Uh, Alright. Well, go ahead and tell me your story for the week, okay. Taylor. Tell me about your your ghost in the bar. So I'm doing my story on Shaker's Cigar Bar, which is located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So these are my sources. Thrilllist.com, 17 of the creepiest haunted bars and restaurants in America by Kristen Hunt. Hauntedhouses.com, Shaker's Cigar Bar page by Julie Carr. Uh, Shaker'sCigarBar.com, so their website atlasobscura.com wikipedia.com abcnews.go.com schlitz returns uh drums up nostalgic drinkers so those are my sources okay here we go that's a lot of sources it was. so we are nothing if not thorough with our research on this, this podcast please remember to include that in your review on apple yes. podcast and with your uh rating of five stars thank you and good night five stars
uh, Shaker Cigar Bar. I didn't realize how hard it was going to be to say this out loud. So I'm going to call it. It's Shaker Cigar Bar, but I'm just going to call it Shaker's. It's located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in Milwaukee's historic district in the apparently critically acclaimed Walker's Point neighborhood. Sounds nice. Uh, So Shaker's is a Victorian-style four-story building, and it is known as Milwaukee's Haunted Bar. So the building was initially constructed on top of what was a cemetery with an orchard behind it, like an apple orchard. And it was built in 1894, so it started now, not good. Uh, it was originally designed to be the Schlitz Brewery Cooperage or Cooperage House, which is basically a barrel-making facility. Uh, so it was the place where Schlitz Beer would build its huge wooden barrels that they use for brewing and transporting their beer. And fun fact about Schlitz Brewing Company. So it was started by Joseph Schlitz, uh, and it was an American brewery based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And it was once the largest producer of beer in the United States. And uh, Schlitz was known as, quote, the beer that made Milwaukee famous. And it was advertised with the slogan, quote, when you're out of Schlitz, you're out of beer. But unfortunately, in 1981, the brewery closed um, and... Schlitz was now we're out of here. And Schlitz was bought out by I think uh like Paps, like the PBR company. But apparently in 2008 it did make a comeback. Um the brewery obviously what didn't come back, but I think the beer came back. I don't know if it's still out there, but if you like Schlitz, that's some that on that. Now when I went to Milwaukee when I was like in middle school with my dad, um we went to I don't know if it was like the site of their old brewery, which was kind of now just like a little informational center, but I do remember going to obviously a lot of breweries while we were there, but we also went to Schlitz, which was non-active brewery. It was kind of sad because there was nobody else in there except for the woman that worked there, and she kind of acted like we were the only people that had come in in days, Um, but we made her day because my dad loves old shit like that, so... In 1905, the building um, that uh, was at that point the Schlitz Cooperage House or Cooperage House, um, it was put back on the market and it was sold with the purpose of still being used as like a distribution center because it was in the warehouse district in Milwaukee. But in 1922, the uh, the building was bought by none other than Al Capone. He bought the building uh to set up a speakeasy. I've also seen Al Capone's grave because my dad loves going to visit people's graves while on vacation. So, fun fact. Um, however, Al Capone, uh, you know, he was setting it up as a speakeasy, but he obviously needed the business on the outside to have, like, a legal title. Hey. Honey. Shh. Uh. Texting. Do you mind? Okay. Um, so he obviously needed the business to be legal, you know, so have a legal title, have a legal purpose. Um, so the legal business was known as the ABC Soda Company. And basically, the business was supposed to be um, a bottling company for soda. Um, but the business was actually for obviously selling alcohol, uh, but they were also importing alcohol from Canada um, that was being brought over on like Michigan and they were putting it into beer barrels. So I assume it was like half a speakeasy where you can just drink some alcohol, but I also assume they were probably selling the illegal alcohol like in bulk 
because it I mean it was Al Capone so I don't think he was just running a little uh small speakeasy on his downtime uh, but the back of the speakeasy was run by mob enforcers, um, and it included everything you typically expect in a 1920s speakeasy. There was obviously illegal alcohol, there was gambling, and there's also a large brothel located on the second and third floors of the building. Um, the brothel was mostly made up of underage sex workers, which was apparently a common practice in the speakeasies, um, during Prohibition in Milwaukee to specifically have underage sex workers. I don't know why, um, and it's terrible, but apparently that was common. And this brothel was actually operational until 1945 because Milwaukee was apparently a place that conventions were often held. And it didn't specify what type of conventions, but, like, is it mob conventions? I don't know if that's a thing. <laughs> oh, yes. The annual the annual mob convention is town. Um, you know, they trash our hotel rooms. They leave everything smelling like cigars. It's, ugh, God, the mob convention. Uh, but either way, uh, a lot of people were coming to town, I guess, that partook in brothel activity. So it actually stayed operational for a pretty long time. Um, but obviously, you know, once Prohibition was over, there was no need for the bar to be a speakeasy anymore, so following the speakeasy, it became a bunch of different types of bars over the year, um, and a lot of them ended up being a place to provide drinks to employees that worked in the warehouse district when they got off work, so I would say it's kind of, you know, like a, a dive bar type of place, you get off work, go grab a beer, so it had that kind of vibe. But the Shaker Cigar Bar, as it is known today, came into existence when the bar was bought by Bob Weiss in 1986. And soon after buying the building, he discovered that there was some uh, spooky activity going on. Uh, there were clearly some spirits who were active in the bar, and they all, he said they had different personalities. He said there were friendly ghosts, there were little mischievous ghosts, and there were also some grumpy, just not nice ghosts. Uh, Bob said, quote, when I opened up in 1986, almost out of the gate, we had contractors, otherwise rational people, starting to talk about their experiences here. The staff, again, almost out of the gate, had talked about things taking place. You can talk to any of the staff and they've got a myriad of experiences that are as fresh as yesterday or last week that take place. So basically, everybody's saying they're ghosts, even the rational uh, construction workers who you think would be like, this bullshit. I'm like, no, ghosts confirmed. Yeah, ghosts confirmed. And uh, it got really spooky when Bob decided that he was going to do some renovations. <laughs> they doing some renovations yeah i can really tell what your professor was saying when he said that you speak so eloquently and that your pronunciation is so clear uh look she she don't know me on my personal time but uh sometimes that little <laughs> twang just comes in when you try to say words like renovation uh Oh, trust me, I get it. I I whip it out at work a lot when I feel like it'll it'll help me. Oh, for old people. I've also noticed that if I get very angry, it slips oh, out. Oh, for sure. Like if I'm gonna yell, oh my god. Because then you gotta pull out them sayings, you know, the little sayings that your grandma mm -hmm. might say. You gotta pull them out. Um, but anyways, Bob. Oh, yeah. absolutely. 
So Bob was doing some renovations on the third floor. And the third floor was like, they called it like the penthouse. And uh, during the renovations, they found a female skeleton in the wall. And like, when they found it, they were like, obviously, you know, this weird. Um, But the most likely explanation was that it was probably a sex worker who had been murdered in the building back in the 20s. Um, And I'll kind of come back to that um, here in a little bit. But after this, Bob wanted to find out a little bit more about the ghosts in his bar because he wasn't going to try to hide them. He was actually going to use these ghosts as an asset for the bar. Um, so the bar most likely started, and the building itself most likely had some spirit activity from its very creation because it was built on a cemetery, which obviously is just not a good idea. Uh, so I'm going to list some of the main ghosts that are said to haunt the bar still to this day. And the first spirit is that of a young girl and her name is Elizabeth. She was an eight year old girl who one day was in the apple, like in the apple tree orchard when it used to be a cemetery. And apparently she fell from one of the apple trees and unfortunately died. And so her apparition has been seen several times in the bathroom She'll kind of run around the bathroom and knock on the stall doors to try to, like, spook people. And sometimes in the women's bathrooms, while people will be in the stalls, they have reported to see a pair of little girls' legs with 19th century shoes on. Which Ooh. that is just, that's a no-go. Which, I don't know. These days, like, in 2021, people put their kids in all sorts of little weird clothes. So you never know. That's true. That's true. Um, but another ghost that lives in the bar, which she don't actually live in like the bar bar, but she lives in the building, um, is the spirit of a sex worker who was murdered. And her name was Molly Brannon or Brennan. And she was murdered on the third floor um, in the 1920s. And she was apparently murdered for, quote, knowing too much. So I assume that she was killed uh, by probably one of the mob enforcers because she knew a little too much about their activities. And, well, that is something I'll never have to worry about. Knowing too much? Mm -mm. Not me. (laughs) You won't catch me dead. They'll be be like, this bitch knows nothing. nothing. (laughs) Um, Yep, I agree. Never gonna kill me for knowing too much. I might get killed for knowing too little because I'm just dumb. Especially when it comes to, like, common <laughs> sense stuff. If you just ask me, like, how, like, random American history facts or geography, I don't See, know. See, <laughs> I know random facts, but whenever it comes to stuff that you're supposed to know as a human, no, I don't know any of that. Yeah, yes, I know a lot of random facts, but if you ask me, like, something that I would have learned in history class, like, something that is useful. If you ask me anything about civics and economics from school, like, I don't know, how a fucking bill is passed, I'm like, hmm. Somebody votes on some. Yeah. Don't ask me. I I know that. I know that. As a political science major. Let the record record show, I do know how a bill is passed. Thank you, Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, yes. Yes, I do know that from uh, that, mostly. I watched that video multiple times throughout my career in both elementary, middle, high, and um, college when I literally studied politics. So Schoolhouse Rock, it really makes its way through every aspect of your life. Um, But back to the body that was found. 
well, no. Back to the ghost. Um, so obviously this ghost was of a sex worker who had been murdered. And so while the sources didn't specifically say it, my thought is that the body that was found in the wall was most likely her body. Um, and I, like, it kind of makes a little bit of sense because people who stayed in the room where she was apparently murdered report to hallucinate while staying in the room. And their hallucinations include burning walls and water gushing from the ceiling, which is, like, crazy because whenever, you know, whenever you think, oh, I'm going to stay in a haunted room, you mostly just think, oh, they're going to be moving stuff around, but you don't think you're going to literally mm-hmm. hallucinate the walls burning around you. Um, but... But she does do regular ghostly activities, such as turning the lights on and off, playing with the TV, moving things around. Um, She also sometimes, like, tries to speak to the guests, and she's been heard crying. So, I don't know. It sounds scary to me. And apparently some uh, guests have also found this very scary, because you can stay in the room where she was murdered. um, But some of the guests have literally gotten in there... Stayed for about an hour, got so scared that they go back down, turn in the key, and they're like, we can't stay here. So, I personally don't want to stay there. Uh, no. No. While I enjoy haunted things, I could never stay in a haunted place. Also, I hate being interrupted in my sleep, and I'm gonna wake up pissed if somebody wake me up with some bullshit, like, moaning, <laughs> shaking the chains. <laughs> oh, God. I'll be pissed. I, they will get three stars because I'm I, I won't give them one star. I'll give them three stars because I mean, it ain't their fault that this ghost is haunting the room. But true, it's, it's somebody's fault. Which you know, I've stayed I've stayed in a few haunted hotels, but the only one that I've ever experienced anything was that one in Savannah. And I will have to say, I would prefer not to experience that again because I could not sleep the whole time I was there, and I need my damn sleep, especially on vacation. And especially when you're on vacation and you can't sleep and you're, like, dog-tired at the end of the day. Like, there's something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in the bar, in the basement of the bar, this is another ghostly spot. Um, there's just, like, a negative feeling in the basement of this bar. And many beer delivery men have been scared off um, from this little part because that's kind of, you know, where they would come in and do the shipments. And shadow people have been said to just be roaming in the basement. And I guess it's so common that uh, the bar has a third party that brews, like, their own type of beer for them. And they have a beer called the Shadow People Lager, which I personally would like to try. <laughs> it sounds like it would be very dark. Yeah, but it's a lager. IPA. It's a lager. It's not like it wouldn't be that bad. Um... But along with the shadow people, there is one specific ghost in the basement who is apparently a man who wears overalls. And this man in the overalls is said to, they do like ghost tours in this bar. And so they will like go down there with some like ghost hunting equipment. And a lot of times they'll use those like divining rods, if you've seen those, where you kind of like hold like, these little, like, I don't even know, like, they're 90 degree angle, like, little rods, and they kind of move back and forth. They'll, like, move close to each other for, like, yes, or apart for no, or vice versa. And so, they think that the ghost in the basement, so, like, the man in the overall, so when they go in the basement, and they're like, is there a ghost here that he's the one that kind of moves them? So, they say. 
Um, but there are also just patrons of the bar, ghostly patrons, who still stick around the bar area and just continue to live out their good times. So, you know, I guess when you're at the bar, you get a cold chill, you see a little flash or something. So we still got people there trying to get messed up, uh, have a good time after work or whatnot. I get that. You know, who's to say that my ghost won't haunt some of the bars right here by NC State? You know, Honestly, I might be like, she, she, she had fun, uh, in her twenties. She had fun in the afternoon. Oh yeah. So, if you ever want to go visit Shaker's Bar, you can. They're still active, obviously, in Milwaukee. They even host haunted tours for you to go on, and they actually host like so they host their own haunted tour of like the bar itself. But they have like their own tour company, and they take like take you on different tours. It said I think they even do like a Jeffrey Dahmer tour sometime. Anyways, they do different types of tours if you're looking uh, into it. You can also stay in the rooms that are located in the upper portions of the bar if you want to have hallucinations of the walls catching on fire. Uh, so beware. Oh, that's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what I want. Uh, but you, How did you know? <laughs> but you can also just come to drink. There's plenty of that going on. The bar is still like a 1920s, 30s vibe. And they offer like vintage brown spirits. And they even have absinthe that you can drink. Um, and, you know, you can get you a nice cigar and smoke that too. Uh, so that's the story of the Shaker Cigar Bar. And if I ever go back to Milwaukee, which I plan to, I will be visiting because it sounds fun. It do sound fun. And, and I like the name Shaker. It does give very much that. Shakers. It very much gives me that sort of speaky, <laughs> speaky zing, 20s vibe. You know, you might run into the ghost of Gatsby. I don't know. I know. And, you know, I've been to Milwaukee once. Um, when my dad drug me all over the city, I don't know if I've ever told this on the podcast about when my dad drug me all over the city, when I had a broke ankle and a dang boot on, I was fat as hell as a middle schooler. I weighed more in middle school than I do right now. And I was probably three or four inches shorter. Um, I was chunky as hell walking all over the city, looking for a statue of the Fonz, the Fonz, a life-size statue of the Fonz, right? Um, we're walking, we're walking. We've walked miles at this point. I don't even know where we're at because my dad's trying to use the, the walking app on like the old ass iPhone and it just wasn't really working well because the directions weren't great. So we finally decided to go back to the hotel because we're fed up. Do you know where the fine statue was? Right around the damn corner of our hotel. And let me tell you, the Fonz, <laughs> he's short. So a life-size statue of him? Not exciting at all. And guess what? I didn't even know who the Fonz was at that point. Sorry, Dad. But, you know, that was a bad day for me. I was sweating. I was fat. My ankle was swollen. Listen, there's nothing worse than when you're on vacation and you literally, all you want to do is go to your hotel room, close the curtains, and put on the air conditioning uh-huh. and just lay in your bed. Because you've just been walking. You're tired. Like... You're probably sweaty. You might be a little sunburned. I don't know. And all you want to do is just lay in the bed. Mm-hmm. And you can't because you're lost. You can't get your Uber. I don't know. Whatever it is. It's the worst Look, feeling. I have photos of myself <laughs> probably from this vacation. I'll post one so you can just see what we were working with. It was not great. I was rotund. 
Um, so I should have just laid down and just had my dad roll me back to the hotel. Um, honestly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But I'd like to go back to Milwaukee because we went to a lot of breweries. But, you know, I was like 13 so I couldn't drink. But I'd love to go back now because I've also bet now they have like a bunch of fun breweries. And I love to taste like mm-hmm. fancy beer. So fund our trip to Milwaukee. I'd love to go. Hey. Hey. Send my Venmo is not private. Taylor's is. <laughs> Damn, I'll make it. So send private. me some money. <laughs> so go ahead and send me some dollars with the caption. I don't know. Uh, gonna sound weird, Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. You know, Whoop. gonna sound weird on the road. Wherever, what honestly, whatever city you want us to go to, if you fund it, we'll go. we'll do a live show while we're there, even if it's just for. Uh, on the street corner, we're just yelling out stories at people. We'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just us on the corner riffing. Yeah. All right. Um. So, my next my story is actually in a city that I would really like to visit. So, if you do want to fund this trip, y'all just let me know. All right. And my bar, my haunted bar, is Lafitte blacksmith shop bar and my sources are andrewjacksonhotel.com forbes.com lafitte blacksmith shop bar.com wikipedia atlas obscuria and ghost city tours so built between 1722 and 1732 at the corner of bourbon street and saint philip street in the french quarter of new orleans do you know what city i want to go to mm-hmm. no i know take a wild guess new orleans <laughs> got it nailed it i feel like i talk i talk about it a lot on this show because they just have so many good like murders and ghost stories and food i was gonna say i love freaking jambalaya and uh gumbo oh banging and i bet you if i got it there i would just mm, boy i love beignets Mm -hmm. i love crawfish Mm -hmm. oh lord i'm hungry (laughs) i watch swamp people hell yeah i'm hungry now (laughs) so lafitte blacksmith shop is considered the oldest bar in the united states And according to legend, the privateer Jean Lafitte, a.k.a. John Lafitte, who was a French privateer, operated a warehouse out of the bar to distribute smuggled goods along with his brother, Pierre Lafitte. And for those of you who don't know, basically, when you were a privateer, you basically just got to be a pirate, but you had this fancy letter from your king or queen Mm -hmm. that was like, yeah, they can come, fuck your shit up, (laughs) rob you. But it's all in the it's all in the name of the crown. So basically, in in addition to you know doing that, John was along with his brother would commit these sort of heists, and then whatever they looted, they would sell out of this warehouse that which was located in what is now the bar. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. However. Technically, this is all speculation because there's no written proof to back up this story. And, like, it's like one of those things, like, of course, they're not going to be like, hey, we're selling stolen goods. Let's write this down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
But it is within reason that the Lafitte's could have used the place as a base of a negotiation with potential buyers for their goods. Because, I mean, like, it would make sense. It's centrally located. I'm, like, New Orleans, I'm pretty sure, is a port city. Like, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense for sure. It's not too odd. So, I, I'm not going to dispute it. You can if you mm-hmm. want. I won't. now that means that it is believed that the building was actually used as a blacksmith shop because pierre lafitte did work as a blacksmith Mm -hmm. ultimately jean would become a local hero after helping andrew jackson fend off the british during the battle of new orleans during the war of 1812 Mm. however Pierre would die nearly a decade later somewhere off the coast of Yucatan uh, Peninsula, but his ghost remained a regular at the tavern, Mm -hmm. which I mean, I get that. I've already said this, you know, I'm, I may return. If you're from Raleigh or you've been to the Raleigh area, could you see my ghost rolling up to Cornerstone, rolling up to Lucky Bee's, Tin Roof, Mm -hmm. pretty much anything on Glenwood Avenue? Here's the thing about ghosts sometimes that I wonder, like, so some ghosts, it's like they get stuck, you know, where they die. But then some ghosts, you know, they get to go Mm -hmm. back to somewhere that they really liked. So I I wonder, as a ghost, do you get to make the choice? Like, how does that work? I don't get it. I feel like a lot of times when people are stuck in a place, it's because they died very traumatically and suddenly. True, true. Whereas I feel like, you know, like, if you just got sick or you died of old age, maybe it would just, like, your your soul would just kind of, like, gravitate towards somewhere where you had, like, significance mm-hmm. or spent a significant amount of time. But, I don't know. That'd be a good question to ask to, like, a median. Yeah. Also, I want to know, why are some people ghosts and some people not ghosts? Or is everybody a ghost and some of them just... Don't want to bother nobody. I got questions. I think some people, I think everybody is a ghost at some point, but it might be for a very brief second. True, Like true. if you die and your soul is at, and your soul is at peace, you might just look at your dead body and then just go on. Whereas if maybe, maybe if you didn't die at peace or maybe you just wanted to fucking stay. That's true. Maybe you, maybe some people want to stay. They're like, yeah, I'll hang out here. Seems chill. Yeah. <laughs> i love bourbon street i love beignets let me let me stick around here uh so his ghost remains a regular at the tavern and for years patrons have reported seeing pierre's full body apparition walking through the bar and report hearing old wooden doors creaking as if someone is walking along them if there is even if there is no one there dun dun Folks claim to see his apparition standing in the corner, scowling and smelling of tobacco. Mm. Now, in the mid-1940s, the old abandoned shop turned into Café Lafitte, and the café became a popular night spot that attracted bohemian clientele, including members of the LGBT community, mm-hmm. and celebrities like Noel Coward and Tennessee Williams. However... A title to the property was never officially held, and the building was sold in 1953, leaving the owner to open a second cafe at the other end of the block named Cafe Lafitte in Exile, 
which maintains the oldest LGBT bar in the United States. So not really um, a fact about this, about Lafitte mm-hmm. bar, but I thought that was really interesting. So New Orleans hosts not only the oldest bar in the United States, but the oldest LGBT bar in the United States. You know what? They got everything. They and, got everything. And they got, and they got, and they got beignets. Yes, they got gumbo. But yeah, that is pretty cool that the oldest bar becomes <laughs> the oldest LGBT bar. Is it still that today mm-hmm. or no? Did you say no? It is? Mm-hmm. Yep, it's still oh. there. You can still see it. Um, it, And from my understanding, so uh, this bar that I'm talking about, the Haunted Bar, is at the other end of Bourbon Street. So it's not like at the like the epicenter uh-huh. of the French Quarter. It's a little bit further down, so it's a lot more locals. So I don't know if uh, Lafitte and Exile is the same way or if it's on the main strip. But yes, it is still here to this day. Dang. Hopefully... Between, um, you know, quarantine and the hurricane this year, you know, that hasn't Mm -hmm. affected their business. I would hope, you know, if if it's been able to sustain this long, that maybe they got some good business practices, but. True. I feel like, you know, as much, like, I feel like LGBT bars, too, are not, you know, obviously they're not as common. So, I feel like, I feel like during the pandemic, like, people who, like, have a specific bar where they're, like, I just need this place to stay open and they have, like, a big community around them. I feel like, hopefully, and a lot of them were able to maybe stay afloat by getting, you know, a little money through their way or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know, though. Let us know if you know whether the bar uh, is still active and open. Let us know if you got a degree in finance and business, and if you could tell us, do you think they could stay afloat? Yep, because I sure didn't. I didn't. Taylor was watching Schoolhouse Rock, so. Hell yeah. Now, in addition to his brother Pierre, John Lafitte can also be found roaming the tavern. He is often seen by the fireplace, and spotters claim to feel a cold sensation when he's around, obviously, despite being next to a fireplace. Mm -hmm. Patrons of the bar describe the sensation as an unwholesome aura. Now, what is is interesting about John's ghost is his is a full-body apparition, which is not very common. Which I feel like in, like, movies and TV, like, mm-hmm. when you see a ghost, you normally expect to see a full ghost. But most of the time, ghosts are often just seen as, like, a mist or almost, I almost feel like a sensation. Like, you just, you just sense that they're there. Yeah. Or you take a, you take a picture and there's an orb later in a specific location. Um, or they're, like, a shadow person. But he is seen dressed in a sailor uniform but never interacts or speaks with anyone. He is often seen standing in the corner of the bar until someone notices him, and then, once you look at him, his image will disperse. Oh. No, thank so you. He's a little, so he's a little shy. He's like, oh, God. He's also known to enjoy hanging out in the women's bathroom, oh. which is kind of pervy, kind of pervy. <laughs> But he is no he's known to be an overall friendly okay. ghost. Maybe he just get confused. I've done it before. Gone into the boys' bathroom and get embarrassed. Uh my sister, we went to medieval times when we were younger and the bathrooms don't say men and women. It says something different and my sister walked into the men's bathroom. I specifically remember doing it at a McDonald's like 
one time when I was like there with a group of friends like in elementary school and they were like oh Taylor went to the boys bathroom and I got real embarrassed and almost cried (laughs) yeah I can't I honestly like I know like when you go to restaurants and bars and they're themed and they're like oh it's so funny we're gonna name it after you know whatever the theme is I'm like no I just need to know can I go in or better yet just make them all like gender neutral and then that would make me feel yeah, better. Then, then like I never got to figure cream. it out. Yeah. Uh, there's not so much stigma behind it. There is an ice cream shop in town that they have a picture of an alien. It's like male, female, alien. It said, who, who cares? Wash your hands. Oh, yeah. I say <laughs> And I think that's so funny. <laughs> uh, Now, the second floor of the bar calls home to another ghost. However, nobody knows who she is. The ghost is of a woman who is known to be very talkative. She is known to whisper the names of patrons in their ear. Mm -mm. So, like, she would go up behind you and be like, Taylor. Mm -mm. Which is super creepy. uh, But it could be that she's just looking for a friend. The article I read described her as whispering sweet nothings into patrons' ears. Which, I mean, maybe she is just looking for a love connection. Maybe she needs to go hang out by the women's bathroom and link up with John. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I don't know if she thought about that. While no one knows who this woman is, it is speculated that she is a former resident of the bar. Because... Back in the day, pretty much, you could rent a room anywhere, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. They'd be like, oh, this is an outhouse, but you can rent a room in the back. (laughs) So, people speculate that she is a former resident of the bar, and legend says that a woman who lived in the shop in the, the 1890s killed herself upstairs. However, of course, there is no source to support this story. A common theme. I found that when I researched this bar, despite it being on, like, every single article where it's, like, top ten most haunted bars in America, mm-hmm. there's there's very little source material. That is why I have so many uh, sources written. I watched YouTube videos. I was combing the internet. Yeah, I feel like I saw this bar just, like, when I was scanning through. And I thought about doing it, but then I was like, Nah, I saw that other one, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, good. Thanks, <laughs> let me do the story. God, get off, get off my back. Now, aside from ghosts, patrons have also reported seeing a pair of red glowing eyes staring at them from the corner of the room and through the fireplace. Which... The corner that it normally, like, these red eyes are seen are normally in the same spot where people report seeing Jean Lafitte's ghost. Mm-hmm. So some people are like, oh, maybe it's him. Um, but once someone, like, you, you'll be sitting here, you're drinking your beer. Or they have a thing called, like, the voodoo purple drink. Yeah. You know, so you're, you're on one of those. And you sense someone is looking at you. You turn to the corner and you see a pair of glowing red eyes. Mm -hmm. These eyes lock in on you almost like they're looking into your soul. And then they will fade into nothing. Wow. Now, these eyes are actually believed to belong to a demonic being. Because oftentimes red eyes are associated with demonic 
possession, Mm -hmm. demonic activity. So despite the fact that it's seen in the same area where Jean is also seen, investigators don't believe that it's affiliated uh, with Jean's ghost at all. But while I couldn't find any reports of malicious activity associated with these eyes, which you would think, you know, if there's this demonic being that people would report getting, like, scratches uh-huh. or shit moving. But, like, there really wasn't any reports. Like, the red eyes are, rep- like, talked about over and over and over again. But, you know, that's about it. Hmm. But I did still find it interesting, especially because the building is so old. So you really don't know what could have happened there that might have welcomed this sort of spirit to inhabit the building but also like new orleans has such a rich history of like spirits diverse magic i don't know they've got pretty much new orleans if you look it up they got everything they got vampires they got ghost witches pirates murder (laughs) like you name it they got it I'm sure they probably got some, you know, some demon activity. Uh, So, I thought it was interesting. But that is the story of Lafitte Blacksmith Shop Bar in New Orleans. Quite the long name for such a tiny building. Yes, it is quite a long name. Um, Thank you for that story. That was very interesting. Um... You know, I wanted a bar story that had to do with pirates, um, and even though it's not maybe confirmed, I believe that they worked out of there. Oh, yeah, and I feel like pretty much if you look up any sort of historic southern town, there is a pirate bar. Mm -hmm. I'm from Wilmington originally. We have a pirate bar, Charleston, Savannah, St. Augustine's, New Orleans, I'm sure they got some other shit other places, but those are the ones I think about. Oh, if you, uh, if this story interested you and you want to know more about Pirate Ghost, you should listen to our very first Weird Wednesday episode. So you need to scroll, you need to get on the Anchor app or the Apple Podcast app, you need to scroll all <laughs> the way to the top, uh, because I talk about, in Wilmington, we have a, well, it's not open anymore, obviously it's abandoned, but... Blackbeard's girlfriend owned a bar, and that alleyway is still haunted to this day. Yeet. Hey, when I get married, um, can we go visit that alleyway and take our groomsmen mm-hmm. and our uh, bridesmaids and everything and see who gets messed up first? I bet. Yes, because it is right next to where you're getting married. Is it? Like, literally, it's literally right next to it. Like, I want to say that your um like wedding venue might share a wall with it or like now there's a little alleyway beside it and there's a little bar there like a pool bar um like where you play pool Uh, i wonder if it's that that i'm thinking of i don't think it's that Ah, i think it's on the other side well i'll take i'll take you there listen i'll take you there i i'll probably be well on my way um you know, I've heard, been told that there's going to be an open bar at this point. There will be. So I'll be like, yeah, I'll show you a ghost. I'll get you one. <laughs> We're going to be having fun, boy. My wedding dress is going to be 
it's gonna start out white and then it's probably gonna turn who knows what color it's gonna be by the end of the night uh i'm gonna drink, be drinking beer though so probably just like maybe a, a dingy a dingy yellow color <laughs> hopefully she don't fall in the mud or crap her pants yeah but no uh no promises no promises Mm, so what's our theme for next week that's a great question i forgot uh i I think Um, it was was uk murders uk murders murders in the uk um you know what um i can't remember when the uk was founded so if you find it and it's an older murder and you're like but it's modern day uk but it won't consider uk Mm -hmm. then i say go for it yeah i do too i wasn't even gonna not go for it once again, we don't know shit about shit. We don't know shit about history. Mm-hmm. So do not ask don't us ask. when the UK was founded. No. Don't ask don't us. Ask. We won't know. Uh, let's see. What else? Don't ask. Don't tell. Mm-mm. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. We got a Facebook group. You know, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on TikTok. Uh, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. Say something nice. Um, What else mm-hmm. is thought of? That's pretty much it. I mean, you can email us at this is gonna sound weird at gmail.com mm-hmm. if you got some questions, comments, concerns, funny stories, anecdotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've been to either of these bars, we'd love to hear it. I would it. love to hear it. My cousin, but... Bree, actually, who used to listen to this podcast, I don't know if she still does, she lived in Milwaukee for a summer, so I'm gonna ask her if she's ever been to this bar. She likes a good bar. I'll, I'll ask and then see if she has any ghostly stories and get back to y'all. All right. I appreciate it. <laughs> Let us know, Bree. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for us. Mm-hmm. But, all right. Well, we will talk to you later. We'll see you next Friday, hopefully. Hopefully my throat will be feeling better. I'll be off these antibiotics, <laughs> and we will be living good. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, stay weird. Goodbye. Goodbye.